0: Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western Hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement How long before a wedding should I send out How many save the dates? Are in the first series Use of IMAP the to playoffs. check find email on other email clients. Identify That's fonts from where to find, you were four hope find habit dog. Dog. Welcome to the
1: Welcome to the Voice of Search podcast. My name is Tyson Stockton from Previsible. And today we're going to be discussing a specific vertical within SEO. We're going to be talking about SEO within the legal space. And specifically, we're going to be diving into personal injury lawyer SEO. Joining me today is Chris Dreyer, who's the CEO at Rankings.io. You've never worked with any SEO partner like Rankings.io. They've helped elite personal injury law firms dominate first page rankings through search engine optimization. Here's my conversation with Chris Dreyer, the CEO at rankings.io. Chris, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Tyson, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So I was kind of excited about this episode because it is a unique facet kind of within SEO. And we know that there's the variances within different verticals and categories of it. So maybe to just kick things off for us, what have you came across within personal injury lawyer, SEO? that kind of sets itself apart or unique characteristics than other verticals or categories?
2: Great question. The biggest is the competition.
1: I mean, you alluded to it. It's
2: like a bloodbath. There's so much competition in every, for every single position on the first page. And there are little nuances that you have to do to make these incremental improvements. And a lot of times it comes down to the content. And I feel like John Mueller when I start talking about content, but really that's what it comes down to there's a lot of copying a lot of individuals will create a piece a practice area page or a blog and they'll just check it off the list and they'll move on but where the real movement occurs is continually optimizing and refining those pieces of content because a lot of times the transactional keywords that you're trying to rank for there aren't that many that really drive heavy search volume so that's where everyone's attention's focused
1: and within, within the content, are there any tactics that you found is more effective in it? Like you kind of alluded to refreshing the content, further optimizations, but have you found that you're dealing with like a significant level of EAT factors or is it longer form content? Like what are some of the levers within content that's more successful? Well, you've done this a few times, right? So you you basically answered my question here, but...
2: Yes, the EAT factors. One of the things, I like to say this when it comes to expertise, authoritative and trustworthiness is in the legal and medical industries, they're scrutinized more heavily. And it makes sense because the information is so much more powerful and important. And if I'm ever sick and I go to Google my symptoms and I see an article in 2016 and and 2022, I'm going with 2022, even though 2016 might be fine. So that's where those refreshes come into play. You got to continually update your content every single year. When that year checks over to 2023, all your top pages need to be updated. That's number one. Number two is when you're, it's all about trust and expertise. And what better manner to do that than to have multiple contributors. And this is where a lot of individuals in the legal space get it wrong. They'll just have a single point of view. They'll have one attorney's perspective. But what we've done is we've done a lot of surveys or roundups to get multiple points of view, multiple experts share their point of view on a topic. And it, it creates content that's different. And by the nature of being different, you automatically stand out. That's huge. There's, it establishes relationships for referrals, there are, um, relationships for link building. When you contribute content, share content, especially when you're not competing due to different you know state jurisdictions it's just a different type of strategy when it comes to content overall
1: yeah i like i like that piece that you mentioned for different perspectives or points of view on it and doing like those roundups cuz i feel like that's something that can be adapted for listeners into other verticals that may not be this exact space and i would say it also especially in a very like highly competitive or kind of like more sensitive category that's hitting on EAT is they're not looking for just one opinion or they, I mean, Google is not necessarily just looking for one opinion on it, but looking for that kind of how well are they covering the entire spectrum of it? Within that, have you found anything that's been like the key as far as like how far, how, like how many perspectives do you need? How well do you need to cover the entire spectrum? Or is there any like kind of rule of thumbs that other SEOs could use for that? Each piece of content. That's a great question. Each piece of content's different. You
2: need to use other tools, CRO tools to see how users are interacting with the page to see if they're actually reading all the material and how long they're staying. That's one component that goes into it, because you could create content that's just not being consumed, and it's maybe a lot of the keywords and synonyms and, and just the overall material already been covered. It's also when it comes to optimizing this content, and I'm going to talk about a lot about optimizing and refreshing content, sometimes it's choosing the overall the overarching intent that you want to use for the page. and let me let me explain. A lot of individuals will want to rank for... Personal injury attorneys want to rank for the phrase car accident lawyer. And nationwide is the the pillar of success, ranking nationwide for car accident lawyer. And we've done that through a roundup. But Google has shifted and sometimes they'll go to more investigative or informational type queries that they want to see first and the transactional queries will start to lag. And you have to be aware of that. Obviously, they want to all your clients want transactional pieces because they're going to get leads and they're going to get clients. But sometimes Big G, Big Google doesn't want that and they want the informational transa- or investigative content in order to rank for that particular query. So it's adjusting content and just the in type of intent that it's
1: overall covering. I mean, one thing that kind of like sparked for me from your last comment is... Are you seeing like, because I've I've seen within other categories and other kind of segments that kind of shift, especially on like top head terms of a lot more like informational blending with transactional pages. And I've heard from others in like the finance space, creating like multiple experiences targeting on the same keyword where they'll have like a transactional one and then an informational and they'll try to like really differentiate that content to capture kind of like stacked rankings. Is that something that you've seen in like the legal space? Or has Google been a little more strict on kind of keeping the diversity as far as like number of domains that they have on page one? I think if you interview a lot of SEO specialists, they're going to say the short of the query, you don't
2: know what type of intent Google wants. So you need to write long form content to create multiple versions of intent. Right, But what I see in application, particularly in the legal vertical, is when Google goes to choose that title tag from that H1 or whatever they choose, and they choose that investigative or informational query, that's Google telling me that's what it wants. And when I look at the other pieces of content that are ranking, then the overall, the overarching piece, if it's 100% of the content, then 80% of it needs to be that type of content. Sure, you can add some call to actions if you want to, to try to force a transaction. But overall, Google is choosing. And I would say, particularly in the legal vertical, it's shifted. Those nationwide pieces have become more informational or investigative, and the transactional become more localized.
1: Interesting. And with this, and I'm I'm sure it's part of the piece with being only having so many keywords that you're you know, that are applicable or that you're targeting after is a lot of that kind of like further optimization of existing pieces. What's your kind of process for identifying what pieces of content you should prioritize on reoptimization? Ooh, that's a good question. And this is one this is one
2: where I'm a little hesitant, but I will share and hopefully none of my competitors are listening, but we have a content algorithm that uses Aref's API and it pulls it into a database that looks at competitor content. So those competitor gap analysis of content, it pulls in keyword explorers, volume, as well as keyword difficulty. And it actually gives us a priority rating on which content should be refreshed or written next. So it's incredibly advantageous because a lot of times SEO professionals will just look and they'll do the keyword research and see that it has volume. And then they go to create a strategy about this topic. But is it truly the priority for that particular client? And that's where our algorithm comes into play because it will pull in all of the data and then it will tell us this is the piece of content that
1: should be prioritized. Excellent. That is a great gem that people I think can um, use, again, not just necessarily in this space, but in other highly competitive sectors. Another kind of shifting gears a little bit, but another question is any kind of interesting or notable trends that you've seen like within the SERPs, within this space, outside of that kind of interest on the informational side or the the preference of informational content within some of those uh, topper, broader head terms? Well, in general, I would say
2: that we're still seeing links be that main factor for endorsing content despite everything that Google says. Otherwise, it's still the number one factor. And a lot of, in the legal vertical, it's, it's very challenging to get links, but they have a huge impact. And also, I would say that this is another area where SEO professionals typically don't look at the long game. And, and let me explain this. A lot of times, many professionals are still doing guest posting. And let me explain this. I have nothing against guest posting. I think that anyone that talks negatively about it just doesn't truly understand the SEO space. That, And we're talking about semantics when we're talking about blogger outreach, guest posting, digital PR. I could go down a rabbit hole here. But most of the time, they're looking at a one-to-one relationship. I go contact this individual. They allow me to contribute. Or I go update this directory. That's a one-to-one. What really stands out in the long run is content that earns links. It's the, the passive income thing, right? It's the working while you're sleeping. If you can get a piece of content that will naturally be cited by the media... Over time, that's going to compound and create a gap or this chasm that makes it really difficult for other individuals to compete against you.
0: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So, you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. So, join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P R E V I S I B L E.io.
1: Excellent. So, with that, I mean, I, and I think that kind of goes hand in hand too with like quality of the content. So if if you are creating quality content, it's naturally going to attract more attention from media, external kind of like backlinks. But have you noticed like a significant difference in the like where the links are coming from? Like, are you noticing that from particular kind of like? Types of domains, whether it's even edus.govs are always kind of like the sought after ones in that space. But is it more, are you seeing more of like a volume game in it or is it more kind of targeted towards key types of websites? Well,
2: it's quantity and quality and that, that whole EDU thing. I would ask your audience to do a Google search for Moz scholarship campaign and see who pops up. I, I'm like, I'm one of the individuals that that took off the hat there and shared how to do that tactic. So there's that's where that whole strategy came from. But in general, most people are doing the directory submissions, your associations and your guest posting in the legal space. Those individuals that are doing the outreach and the linkable assets are the ones that are really standing a, a significant advantage. When you're looking at link evaluation, I know that most people... We'll just look at DR, DA. But I think that it's important to to scrutinize your link's targets more heavily. So you want to look at traffic, low spam ratios, to see if the content category is justified. That's an important one. So a lot of times when we're looking at a target, we'll do a site colon search and we'll do different Boolean search operators to see if they have any content on their site related to ours. And if they don't, it may not be a good candidate for a link. So it's, you know, DR traffic, low spam ratios, relevancy,
1: and then to see if the content category is justified. Interesting. And with that, I mean, I guess one to one to go back, that is a great call on. I wasn't aware that, yeah, some of that, the scholarships within the EDO is something that came from you. So that's kind of cool to hear. But like within like that facet, is it, more in like active pursuit of those backlinks and making sure there's that relationship on what they're ranking or what they're kind of known for in Google's eyes versus like what you're trying to rank for is that like an active pursuit in acquiring those links or is that kind of also in cases where maybe you're doing some some cleanup on backlinking
2: couple of great questions here the first one is whenever you take on a client a lot of times there's this Gap that you need to close. There's competitors that have a lot of links that you should have, whether it's chamber of commerce's directories, guest posts, editorials, whatever you want to call them. So there will be this catch-up phase, and then you want to try to create these barrier to entries, these compounding links, these links that are harder to earn. Maybe different media types. Maybe you get a book published, or you utilize video to get certain links, or data. There's a lot of different methods once you close that gap. And, and so a lot of times it does start with a competitive analysis to see where you're behind and what links you need to obtain. But then on the, the whole bad links or toxic links, John Mueller has came out publicly multiple times and stated, if your site doesn't have a manual penalty, there's no reason to do a disavow tool upload. And he's even stated further, in fact, that if a file has been uploaded to the disavow tool and you know you don't have a penalty, it'll be better off to delete that disavow file. And it, the reason we had to think about this from a a time utilization here. In the past, Google may have tried to solve this with manual labor, where they have these individuals that just scour the net and then they're panning out manual penalties like crazy, but... It's just not scalable. They're going to use software to determine if a link should be devalued. So most of the time, it's not the SEO specialist that should make that determination. You should allow Google to do it. If Google doesn't like the link, they're not going to count it because they want the search engine results to deliver the best result for that consumer. I think that's wildly, wildly overused. And anytime a client is going to go choose an SEO agency. One of the first things they do is they do this audit and they're like, oh, your links suck. That's why you're not ranking. No, actually, it's your content and you don't have enough links because the links you have aren't being counted. That's, I guess that's another soapbox thing for me. But (laughs) in general, I just, I don't think highly of the disavow tool.
1: (laughs) I actually completely agree with you. And it's something that I would also echo that It's not something that I see unless it's really outrageous. And there's, you know, like you have that penalty or you have like clear evidence that that is something that's negatively impacting the site. It's not typically something that I would even kind of like dig into or kind of like prioritize just because there are so many other factors or things that I find are more effective kind of levers to it. But it's like whenever it's in that conversation of backlinks, I feel like, I mean, I haven't brought it up where it's like, you know, people want to hear about it. They want to talk about it. But I think that's a great kind of takeaway for this is not to be focusing as much on the negative and calling that out. And it's, you know, really focusing more on the fundamentals and on the areas that, you know, are more, I guess I would say like positive impact factors than kind of like mitigation of a potential negative aspect. Yeah. And can we call out what this is really?
2: I think it's, do you have a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset? Instead of focusing on deleting and and removing these links, think about more and better. Half class, full type of person right here.
1: (laughs) Great point there. Any last kind of uh, pieces that you'd, you'd like to call out kind of within your space in SEO? The biggest one... Is this reviews? I'm not sure where Google's
2: gonna go with reviews, but it's the most challenging component to being an SEO professional is can your client earn reviews or obtain reviews? And I, I really get frustrated here because even in the PI space, there's if we're looking at kind of binary, there's two types of PI firms. There's the trial attorneys that take cases to trial to get maximum value. And then there's those, you know, the negative phrase, the settlement mills, the high volume shops. Well, the trial attorney may be very skilled and be able to get maximum value for the client, but they don't do a large volume of cases, so their opportunity to to get reviews is very minimal. Even though they could be a very high quality business, versus the mill that does thousands that settle on them pre lit and not given, you know, not getting maximum value for their clients, but they're going to get a lot more reviews. So they have a they have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to the search engine results and. It's really frustrating. I hope they change reviews, but we'll see where we go from there.
1: That's a an interesting piece to it. Any any tactics that you've used to kind of overcome that, you know, potential disadvantage on like volume of reviews? There aren't great ones. The best is if you can get reviews that are more
2: descriptive and have more relevant keywords. We've seen some in our space do like grassroots campaigns and do like swag or backpacks to get reviews, but then all the reviews are talking about backpacks and not (laughs) the law. So I don't know how much those help, but it's a real challenge. I don't have the exact way to solve it. I know I have a very good process that we hand out to our clients in terms of how to acquire reviews, but that's about the best we can do at this moment.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is being an optimist, or also glass half full. Like, I would think that that is going to be a space or an area that gets improved upon. I mean, we've seen, I think, in a few other kind of like segments and factors, some of those quantity over quality pieces kind of leveling out a bit more. You know, so personally, I would say, like, yeah, I don't think that that is a, a long term sustainable strategy on just. Overall, high volume is going to win out in the space. Certainly, it's coming from like a, a general kind of non-vertical, specific mindset. But yeah, I could I could definitely see how like it's specifically heightened within uh, your vertical. Yeah, there's just such a difference in the
2: in the type of firm firms that will just take one case but generate a massive amount of revenue versus another firm that needs you know two hundred or a thousand it's a challenge. And then the legal vertical is also plagued by spam. So you have to be a little bit more aggressive on, you know, those business redressal form submissions, which I know a lot of SEO specialists don't even have to think about that. But that's something you have to be proactive with in the legal space. And we'll see what happens. But it's the biggest issue right now. And the legal vertical is, is localized spam.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I mean, spending a fair amount of, time myself, like within the e-commerce space, that was something that really Amazon was able to, to kind of have such a huge advantage. And then it became just such a standard kind of play, but you're always fighting that kind of uphill battle in a comparison standpoint. So yeah, hopefully we do see some, some advances in that area. All right, but that uh, wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Chris Dreyer, CEO at rankings.io, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Chris, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Chris Dreyer Co., or visit his company's website, rankings.io. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you're listening to this podcast, just head over to voiceofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or SEO questions and apply to be a guest speaker on the Voice of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our show handle is at Voice of Search, and my personal handle is at Tyson underscore Stockton. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of SEO and content And marketing insights in your podcast feed. We're going to be publishing a new episode every workday. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next following business day. All right, that's all for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.